What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxbound. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey! Here we are again. Uh, So I have guests with me today. Yes, you do. Um, This is Rui. This is Ralph. I'm not Ralph. You're Ralph. Uh, Okay, I'm Ralph. This just got really confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Rui, Ralph, myself. This is three fourths of the band Mute Sounds. Uh, We just came back from a tour. Yep. Uh, we just came back from a tour, uh, as like six shows across Ontario, just kind of testing out the album, seeing how people receive it, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so we're here with some, uh, some road stories, I suppose. Uh, shout out to, uh, John, who's celebrating his birthday today. And, uh, we love you, man. And, uh, Luis, our bass player couldn't make it. Uh, he's spending time with his mom. And, uh, you know, she she lives quite a distance away. So when she's in town, you know, they like to uh, make the best of the time. So we'll have him on. I actually wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, I think we should do a show for bass players down the road because hmm. they're kind of the unsung heroes. Yeah. And uh, we'll have Luis on for that one. Awesome. Cool. I'd be into that. Yeah, for sure. How many shows was this tour? Uh, this one was six. Uh, kind of seven because we played another one a week later, right? Yeah, yeah, I would put bovine in on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, we played. Uh, we started in Ottawa at uh, Mavericks, and then we played. Um, then we played Jimmy Jazz in Guelph, yes. uh, and then we played townhouse. the townhouse in Sudbury on Canada Day. Then was the best one. We took a break after that. that yeah, was the best one. Yeah, and then we took a break, uh, and uh, then we. Jump back on the road for Hamilton. The doors. Holy yeah. shit, that that was yeah, we got stories about that one. Oh boy. Um, and uh <laughs> and then we played London at the Palisade, which might be the coolest venue we've ever seen. Really? And um and then we finished out back in Toronto. Uh homecoming show at Junction Underground, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we played the Bovine the following week. We were opening for a kick ass band called Love Ethic. Yes. From Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Yeah, from Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. They were fantastic. Oh, my God. So grungy. I love them. Yeah, yeah they were great. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you have any questions. We can just tell you the stories about you know, what went oh, down. Yeah. I'm here to hear stories. That's why you're big on the screen. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You want to go by order? Sure, yeah. Uh, so, we started in uh, Ottawa. Um, we made a detour in Belleville, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and like, I don't know, man. I love, I love small town Ontario. It's all like old heritage buildings and shit. It's all beautiful. Um, and now the nice thing about the 21st century is they all come fully equipped with crazy dudes screaming at the top of their lungs. 
which is always some interesting entertainment for sure. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a dude who was having a bad day <laughs> in Belleville. Yeah, Belleville or Kingston? Uh, the one we stopped on the way to Ottawa. I think it's both. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I remember this. There's a video. There's a video we did not oh, post. Yeah, there's Kingston, a video right? we did not post where uh, some dude was like very babbly. He was not speaking English. Oh, it was. Uh, and we were just intense. on the streets yeah. looking for a place to like eat, you know. And we I kind of wanted to ask him if he wanted to be a vocalist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like. But dude was all like. Seemed a little unprofessional. <laughs> so I was worried about his his commitment to the project. But I did think about asking him to like for recommendations to eat because he came out of a pub, right? So I'm like, that guy knows where to eat. That's true. That's true. And plus, I speak his language. <laughs> so how far outside of Toronto is Ottawa? Uh, it's like four hours. Four hours. Yeah, yeah. Four hour drive. Cool. Canada's fucking huge. It is. And so, like, Ontario is basically the size of Europe. Okay. Or sorry, I think Ontario and Quebec together are the size of Europe, basically. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you don't you don't see much in that four hours, but you know, that's kind of it's just such a vast area. I how big is Illinois compared to like how far does it how long does it take to cross Illinois? Um, man. So it's uh, about five or six hours, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so from Toronto to Ottawa is like a quarter, a fifth of Ontario, kind of the distance. Like if you wanted to go from Toronto to the to Hudson's Bay is like eight to ten hours. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just a crazy big province. Uh, but uh, Ottawa, I do not recommend driving. <laughs> There's way too much going on. This is such bad fun. Turning that off. Um, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> oh yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, driving in Ottawa, it's all one-way streets. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. There was a bunch of times where it was like, "Oh, it's right over there. We'll be there in two minutes." And it was like, uh, "No, it was like a maze. Yeah. You know, you had to find your way around to get there." Yeah, it I was not. I always get somewhere like that and then I need to find parking and then I pass the parking and I have to go around yep. like 12 blocks to come back around. <laughs> that actually <laughs> exactly. happened to us. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what we, we kind of got lost because we were like in separate cars. I was going with Rui and Ben was uh, going with Louise, right? And he was pretty sure that, like Louise was pretty sure that he was in the right place, the exact place he needed to be. And he was like probably, what, two buildings away from us? He thought that because I told him that. <laughs> so it's my fault. <laughs> ben has future though for being a GPS voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were joking about that. Where's the nearest Taco Bell? The nearest Taco Bell is one kilometer There's videos. north. There's videos. Uh, we did this kind of like tour diary thing uh, online. Actually, it got some very good reception. Uh, a lot of people really liked seeing that. Yeah, like fun. these little moments where we would stop and whatever. And uh, we tried, like, it was all through my thing, but then Mute Sound started sharing it. Uh, ben started sharing it. Louise started sharing it. Yeah, and it became this little thing. People started feeling like they were a part of it, seeing things, a lot of inside jokes. It was really fun. Yeah. I think putting some personality that. to arts really helps. Like, Oh, most definitely. It's, sure. a, it's well, the I mean, most really. genuine, fun way to promote, too, you know? Yeah, and, like, at the end of the day, like, 
you know, and this is probably something that like got reinforced through the tour is like when we're on the road, we're not actually trying to show off our music. We're trying to like sell us. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and the music is just the thing we do. But really, we want you to like the four of us, like as a unit. You want I want I want people to come out to to see like Rui and Ralph and me and Luis. Yeah. And listen to the music. But it should be us too, you know, like we're we're trying to make a human connection. That'd be I'd be kind of lame if we were just like getting on stage and playing and then just being like, <laughs> right. You know? Well, that's that's the beauty of this band is we all kind of like let each other shine a bit, even if it's just outside of the stage. Right. Like that was the objective of the whole story is like trying to integrate Louise, trying to integrate Ben. You know, like we're mm-hmm. all amazing people. We get along off the stage like these guys. I would give the shirt off my back for all three of them. You know, I think we, we all would agree that we would do that for each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the more people see that, I feel like the more authenticity it adds to the actual show of it. Right. Right. So. For sure. Now, uh, you know, I'm also kind of hosting this. So I have questions for the two of you. Oh, um, yeah. So, Rui, this is kind of your your baby. I mean, we're we're all kind of carrying it together, but you created this. And uh, you always had a dream to, to, to take the show on the road. And this is the first time you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, so for, for listeners, uh, Rui uh, can't speak. But uh, I'll be asking him some questions and I'll just kind of like paraphrase what he's saying. Um, but uh, I, I was curious, like, was this, has it, has it played out the way you imagined? Better or worse? exceeded your expectations right yeah yeah he's he's saying that like basically the chemistry is kind of perfect between the four of us that we all kind of understand each other like it's almost intuitive you know Very much. yeah there's no we go yeah it's music first yeah I like to say that on stage, it's like we're speaking our own language. Yeah. And people just watch us communicate. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that all great, like good bands, like tight bands have in common. That was probably the one thing I heard more than anything else. It's like, you guys are tight as fuck. Mm. And for me, that's like the highest compliment because it means that we're all listening to each other. Yeah. It's basically the one way to tell us, like, you guys sound like you care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh wow! He said he when he got home from the tour he cried. Like, were you were you sad that you couldn't see us anymore? Or? <laughs> <laughs> he was sharing a bed with He's me. Like, finally, I can sleep alone. <laughs> he was sharing a bed with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was saying that like you imagine something for so long, and then when it happens, he said it exceeds his expectations. So he's just like, but you can't deny that it's real. It's uh, it must be a really kind of like, yeah, just a surreal experience. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He was saying that, you know, because mute sound started with him. So I should probably tell the story for the 15th fucking time. Um, <laughs> Rui uh, basically started this band while he was going through radiation therapy for throat cancer. He lost his voice and he was uh, basically working through what he was dealing with through music. And uh, it was so inspiring that he ended up being asked to put on concerts for other people in the hospital and uh, kind of became a bit of a like a celebrity. And um, after that, music was just what he wanted to do with his life. Um, and I don't know, man, I feel I feel lucky that like we ended up in the same town together at the same time, you know, looking to, to make the, the, the music we're making. Um, it's sort of like uh, I, it feels like it feels like a dream come true for me, too. You know what I mean? Isn't that wild how that happens? How like the right people come together at the right time, like always in life? Like it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I feel like it's um I feel like it's just like chemistry, just like actual organic chemistry where it's like you have all sorts of elements floating around, but only certain ones connect. And uh and when they do, they make some interesting shit. And um I feel like humans are the same. Like, you know, I have a certain composition, I only bond with certain things. Um uh, and, you know, the goal isn't to like, this is, I guess this is probably the biggest lesson for me uh, over the last few years that's been like kind of cemented by the tour is uh, it's, it's good to like, like struggle is on balance, a good thing for anybody to just figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. But when things start going smoothly, like it's a sign that you're on the right track. It's not a sign that you need to work hard, not necessarily. And like with this band, as soon as we started playing together, it was just like, and because I've, you know, fought to make other projects work, I knew how rare this is. It's something we talk about in the, in the jam space all the time is like how easy it is for us to just pick up our instruments and someone starts a thing. And then all of a sudden we have a 13 minute piece that we can kind of start tearing down into a real song. That doesn't happen often. Right. I imagine it's the same thing with like artists and writers and stuff in the comic space or, or, um, you know, with filmmaking, I imagine that you have to have a certain chemistry with the people that are, that are involved in that too. I, I, I would guess that there's some horror stories when the chemistry isn't there. <laughs> well, yeah. You tell me though. <laughs> you know, I've been lucky that I'm, I'm kind of careful about who I work with. Um, yeah. like I, make sure that I've known them a little while and that they they've done what we're trying to do before. And, you know, like, right. Um, to a degree. I mean, like we all kind of popped into this podcast without much previous experience in that, but <laughs> if no, but we, we've done a little bit of time with each other, having a conversation in an online setting like this, Yeah, you know, so it gave us a sense of like, it's not, well, I mean, one of us could have been lying about ourselves, but <laughs> we would have found out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I personally don't have any real horror stories. I had some. I think that um, having people that are in your on your team that are willing to promote the project you're working on um, is helpful. And I like my my comic Dulce. I loved that comic so much. Um, did two issues of it, and the second issue struggled to get kickstarted, and I kind of felt alone on that one. Like 
when it came to promoting it and it made it hard to like want to go back to that that product that product again like which is really unfortunate i, understand what, I love it i understand what you mean uh, but no, i, do, I love that team and it's not even like i don't know like it just didn't work out <laughs> yeah i a lot of it's circumstantial too like i i, I can definitely say like when I met Rui and Ralph, it was when they had a different drummer and I was there as like videographer, mm. you know, the idea that I was going to be in the band wasn't even like, thought of. it was like, you guys are cool. Cool. See ya. You know, like we never really thought that this would go any, any further than that. But like, first time we jammed, it really was like, shit, we got to do this again. Yeah. You know, yeah. How, um, different, how different is it creating music as, um, a band with no lyrics versus writing like a song with lyrics. Like that is a fantastic question. It is. Um, and I think it's different for every instrument. So why don't we start with you? Well, it's kind of like, uh, as I said, right. Um, we actually had this talk on tour. We had this talk on tour um, where we did have a bit of a debate uh, over lunch. If I recall, it was in London. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, Louise is going to remember this. Shout out to Louise. Love you, brother. Uh, so we had a talk, um, and I had mentioned that with lyrics, normally you tend to follow the vocalist a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps, you know, like I'm, I'm in another band. I'm playing with the Midsummers currently. So I actually do have that experience where I'm playing with a band that has a singer and doesn't. And a lot of times we do need to adapt to the singer in some way or form especially like let's say i don't know uh let's say there's a mistake it's up to the band to adapt to her and work around that for example mm-hmm. right um yeah i think it's very important to uh have that as a central part because end of the day singer kind of ends up being kind of like the face of the band right so yes yeah, so we definitely got to amplify that in some way shape or form um so this way uh like with mute sounds, it's a lot different where I kind of feel like I'm listening to everyone else. It's yeah. kind of like Ben's doing his thing. And sometimes I, I think to myself, okay, how can I lock into that? Or let's say like, essentially me and Rui normally, we, we listen to each other and we kind of lock in. But my role as being the rhythm guitarist, I always try to kind of be that bridge between the guitars and the rhythm section in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. So it's kind of, it's interesting. I'm not looking to listen to what section are we at at the song. It's more what are the musicians doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting in that front. Yeah. As a drummer, it's a similar thing. Like, um, you know, the beat is, uh, has to be a lot more clear with uh, a vocal oriented song with lyrics uh, because um, the lyrics are the rhythm fundamentally for uh, a song with vocals uh whether it's hip-hop or rock and roll or blues or whatever it's the words that are kind of the meter that everything else follows and you can dance around that but you have to stay within the meter so you have to make sure that when the chorus starts everybody starts the chorus etc whereas with this stuff we have a bunch of songs where i can do uh like a couple little bait and switches with my rhythms um, to, uh, like one of the things I love doing with this band is I'll do like small, like one bar kind of teasers 
of a beat that's going to happen in like two minutes down the road in the uh, song. And like, I know what's happening. No one else knows what's happening. I, I'm the only one that knows. But I, I would, it would be much harder for me to pull that off if we had lyrics involved because I would have to kind of make sure that the song conforms to a particular uh, structure. The structure is a lot less uh, relevant with, with instrumental music. Almost uh, Almost even cool. even the key, I think, you know, it can change on a dime. And as long as everybody's doing it together, it doesn't really change much. Um, and I, I also think that one of the big differences is that the listener is more open to all that stuff, too. Um, mm. There's something hypnotic about words that when you're just listening to music, you become a little more uh, uh, comfortable with with your expectations being uh, thwarted a little bit. Uh Um, And you kind of appreciate it more. Like if I was to do a little, like I've done this before with certain other projects that I've done in the past that were very lyrically oriented, where I would try and do this little extra thing to, you know, just for me, because I find it fun or whatever. And uh, it would be like, no, it, it doesn't sound right. And I would agree. You know, it doesn't sound right. Or it would sound like a mistake on stage. But with this, it, you know, people aren't locking into a particular instrument. So it doesn't feel like a mistake. They're, they're more comfortable with letting things happen. And it feels like a feature rather than a glitch. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It makes the songwriting a lot more smooth. But it also depends on the kind of musician you are, too. Yeah. What about you? Oh, yeah, right. So he was saying that, like, when he writes music, he can picture the words to the song in his head. But we make instrumental music, so he just focuses on the melody. I I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I never heard that one. Too. Right. <clears throat> Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying a lot of it has to do with uh, his emotional state when he's writing. Uh-huh. Um, but the other advantage of not having lyrics is that what if he writes something that he thinks is depressing, someone else might hear it and think it's, you know, uh, a different emotion entirely. So, yeah, I was, I was going to ask if there's any um, like hidden or lyrics behind these, even though the audience doesn't know. But um, music does convey emotion very well. But it's interesting that people will. Because people interpret songs all the time. There's like full message boards and stuff. Behind, what is the meaning behind this song? And here right. it's like you're getting um, this information from the band and how you interpret like how that emotion is. It's interesting that people would spin that in different directions. Yeah. Probably based on how their day is going sometimes. Like, Oh, for oh, sure. Wow. Yeah. And it was it was really cool. Uh, this actually feeds back into the, the tour story. So the second show we played, Ottawa was kind of, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of forgettable. It was not a great night. Um, one of the bands that we played with are very new. Um, and I would say the unfortunate thing about being a new band is most people don't have patience for you to learn while you're on stage. Yeah. So it was, it was a bit of a struggle. Um, <clears throat> but uh, for any budding musicians out there that are listening, um who feel like um you know i don't want to embarrass myself embarrass yourself please 
for the sake of music, embarrass yourself. It's necessary. I have played like shit way more often than I've played well, and it's why I'm half decent now. So, like, you got to do it. Um, but uh, these guys have got a lot of heart. But uh, it's it's difficult to get a crowd out when, when the band is uh, still getting their legs, you know. Um, but uh, the next show was Guelph. Guelph was a blast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we played uh, a legendary punk venue in Guelph called Jimmy Jazz. Um, and, you know, the uh, the old school punks that have been hanging out there for the last like 25, 30 years were, you know, regaling us with stories about no effects playing and you know, uh, Matt, Fat Mike sat that chair right there and um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, propaganda, anti-flag, you know, you name it, they were there. Um and uh, it was kind of cool to be in this. I love old venues with that kind of history. There's like a yeah. feeling like you're kind of calling the ancestors a little bit when you plant. And uh, the stage was really small and really janky. And there wasn't a lot. There was no monitors. There was hardly any like TA. What's, what stage? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was literally just ground against, against yeah. the window. Yeah. And uh, there's to anybody who's thinking about opening a venue, you got to have a rug for your drums, man. Mm. Like, if you don't, I mean, we'll play, but we're going to be, like, keeping our drum kit together the entire set. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it gets awkward. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was a great show. Killer turnout. Their food is fantastic. They have some of the best pizza I've ever had. Um, and, uh, yeah, I man, I love those dudes that we played with, what was the name of the band? Stand Against Fear. Stand Against Fear. They were fantastic. Uh, like amazing energy. Um, you know, Peter was running into the crowd, jumping off the walls, literally jumping off the walls, no joke. Like yeah, spinning the, the microphone. Stuff, yeah. It was the stuff that you read in textbooks, man. It was insane. <laughs> I tell them every time. I was, I was reading about this, watching documentaries about this in college and getting to see that firsthand, it was a freaking honor. Uh, so Ralph is the youngest guy in the band. Yes. Um, yeah. So he's 10 years younger than me. So yeah, for him, this is history. Yes. For, for me, this is just like high school. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but it was, it was a fantastic show. And uh, that's where uh, a girl kindly decided to make me aware that the window was open behind me by sticking her finger right down my pants in the crack of my ass. Awkward. She was concerned yeah. you'd get cold. <laughs> yeah, that was that wasn't a concern. Oh yeah, she was. I don't know if it was just booze or if there was something else involved, but um, you know what? I felt to some degree like I kind of I got like a glimpse of the college experience for uh, an attractive woman <laughs> that night. Cause so what happened was I was playing and um, you know, I'm poor and I have ADD. So I have a bunch of stuff missing on my drum kit. Hmm. And so my pedal started to disconnect on a song that I really needed it to be connected. So like I kind of suffered through the song and then I put it, I was trying to attach things and I had to bend down to do that. And as I bent down, I felt this finger just whip right down and i was like hello and i look back and there's a window behind me that's open and there's this girl and she was very attractive um but you know she was looking at me like she'd done me a favor 
<laughs> a little confused. I still think at that point you should have gone. I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah. My name is Ben, ma'am. How are you? Wrong um, window. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. When they say crack the window, that's not what they mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> when I when I glanced, I was like, "Oh, uh, hi. What can I do for you?" And she was like, "Hi." And she was like looking at me like, "Uh huh." And and I just I was like, um, "Is there a finger? You you got everything you need. That's yeah. all you need to hear, man. That's all you need to hear." That's Ben Cook signing off. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I I turned around and I was like, uh, "Can I help you?" And she was like, "Hi." And I was like, "Hi." She's like, um, "I'm sorry. Did that bother you?" And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, and she's like, "You didn't like that." I'm like, "What is there to like?" Who likes that? <laughs> oh, like when have you ever gone out and been like, you know what? I really want tonight. Yeah. I'm hoping at some point I have to tie my shoelaces or something, and someone just lets me know that they saw my butt. As many fingers in the crack as I can get. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hooking up for. Um, yeah, it was, and and I was like, no, uh, you know, I didn't really like that. Thank you. Um, and then she kept trying to get my attention throughout the show. And I finally turned to her. I said, lady, I'm playing a show right now. You're going to have to wait. And she looked like I was an asshole. And how dare you yeah, not consent to a finger in the crack, right? You're not grateful enough, Ben. Yeah. Not grateful, Ben. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm proud to be the first guy that probably ever rejected that girl in any way and uh i hope that she found the ass crack of her dreams that night but it wasn't me <laughs> wow yeah yeah it was fun times oh, oh we yeah. had the hotel thing that's yeah, we, right we can tell the hotel story uh i don't want to tell the hotel story though you but it. i told it last time i know you, you tell it again do you want me to tell the whole thing tell the whole thing yeah. you want the whole thing i want the whole thing you too unlike her I want the whole thing. <laughs> but you got the whole thing. <laughs> no, I only got one finger. I didn't get the whole thing. I mean, it was enough. Anyways. <laughs> Can I shout out the hotel, guys? Yeah. Cares. Okay, so guys. If Rui, we, get, if we get big enough that this becomes a problem, I'll consider that a compliment. Rui, in all his innocence, went looking for hotels. And... Uh, Credit to Rui, because he found the worst hotel we could ever get. <laughs> like, this hotel, I mean, it was really nice at the entrance. It looked very innocent. Um, shout out to the Super 8 in Guelph. Never never book a Super 8. Ben's mom, quote. Shout out to Ben's mom, by the way. She's an amazing lady. We'll get more on that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, Super 8 in Guelph. Um, we go in there. It looks nice, you know. We have this little receptionist guy. He gives us the key, whatever. We decide to go look for the room, and that's when things start getting weird. We start seeing a dude with a laundry basket walk through, and we're like, hmm, okay. Yeah, laundry yeah. detergent. He was in his boxers, yeah. and I was like, you're at a hotel, and you're doing laundry? Yeah. This is not a good sign for life. I was like, innocent. In my innocence, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. Dude needs to do his laundry, whatever. Sure. Stuff happens. Sure. <sighs> Anyways. We start seeing, we start going to the second floor. We see all these doors freaking sound, sanded down and like wallpaper being removed and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I am, I'm not living here with my kidneys today. Um, 
anyways, we go onward, you know, we keep going, we keep going, we go into our room, and that's where things start getting a bit crazy. We go in there, and it's like we find hairs in the bed. Ugh. We find like these very dirty bathrooms, like, like, it's like long, long hairs. Yes, like, like they had been left there or something. It was weird. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, TV had one channel. It was Grey's Anatomy the whole time. I swear to you, <laughs> one channel. It was all Grey's Anatomy. I was waiting for the first five seconds to no, end. No, no. It was. It was every time you changed the channel, it was the same channel. Grey's it Anatomy. Was like, and it was just Grey's Anatomy, but it was the staticky, like old school Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And every channel would just get more staticky. It felt like at some point the girl from the ring would come out. You know. I still think she would come out. <laughs> well, I still think she would come out. Quite frankly, I was the hair in the bed. Her, like, What's that? Is the girl from the ring related to the hair in the bed? I think so. Probably. I think so. Good yeah. point. Anyways, at this point, we're just throwing a bunch of jokes in the air. We found, like, a little hole in the wall, which I swear is a people. Yeah. I swear is a people. No, no, no. It's not could have been. I swear is a people. Um, yeah, everything was – the tap had a very, very finicky thing to it, didn't it? Yeah, the handle came off. That was the <laughs> finicky thing about it. That's very yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at this. We're laughing and we're just like, okay, yeah, sure. We're not leaving here with our kidneys. I might get raped by a cockroach and uh, Louise might, might start dating the chick from the ring, but sure, <laughs> onward. So we decide to go back to the car, get our gear down to Jimmy Jazz. Uh, and Ben spots some uh, an eyeglass case on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's like right outside the car. And in his innocence, door. he's thinking, we're all thinking, okay, somebody lost their glasses. I'm going to go pick this up. It's right by this gold BMW, I'm going to say. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was, it was a gold car, anyways, which at the time didn't seem shady to me, but looking back, it was a gold car. Yeah. Um, anyways, he picks it up. He opens it. My perspective, I see a Ziploc bag, so I'm like, oh, shoot, drugs. <laughs> and it, uh, some dude opens the, the car door and just goes, hey, pull that down. Let go of that. And I'm like, oh, shoot, Ben just had running with a drug dealer. <laughs> Anyways, he puts it down. We, we go to the other side. You know, we start going into the car. And uh, we I, see. At this point, I thought I was being punked. I actually yeah. did. Like when I lifted the thing and the guy was like, all right, put that down. I was like. Uh, yeah, like I, I was thinking it was a prank at the time, but then he confirms that it's drugs, and I'm like, oh boy, yeah, it was drugs. Sure drugs yeah. And uh, we we see some slippers on the other side, so somebody was clearly looking to get some drugs, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, it was not, um, not a one-sided engagement. It was not. It was not. Anyways, we decide to drive down to uh, Jimmy Jazz, and uh, I'm talking to Rui the whole time, and I'm like, Drugs thing was like the cherry on top of the cake. We just go, oh, shoot, we're not staying here. So we go to Jimmy Jazz. We drop off our gear, and we decide to go back. I'm thinking at this point I get to pull out. These guys get to meet Work Ralph somewhere along the tour, and I get very serious when 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 people get unjustified. So I get all mad and stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go back to the hotel. We'll, we'll, we'll ruin this guy, whatever, right? <laughs> I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to, like, be a full-on Karen to this guy. So I go up to him and I'm like, dude, we're not staying here tonight. We want our money back. And I'm thinking the guy's going to fight us at this point. And he's like, fine. Yeah, yeah he did show pictures. That was true. But he's like, fine. He's looking at me like, dude, this is the fourth time today, man. Really? Do we need to deal with this? So yeah, we end up, we end up staying in a better hotel. We get a better hotel room, better price. 
Um, we were very help- happy with that place. We can actually shout them out. Best Western down in Guelph. Really amazing yep. people received us. I think they really felt sorry for us at that point because they really knew that we were very uh, we were very blindsided by this event. Never right. book a Super 8, people. Um, yeah, so the moral of the story is the only place available in, uh, in Guelph when you go to visit is the Super 8. Find a truck bed in the parking lot down the street. It'll be more comfortable. Yeah. And never pick up eyeglass cases by a gold car, people. No, and never pick up eyeglass cases near a gold car. Um, yeah, but we uh, we had a blast at that show. It was fantastic. And, um, man, everyone is so friendly. It's such a wonderful downtown. Like, I haven't been to Guelph a lot in my life. But, like, when I was there, I was like, I could live here. This place is cool mm. as hell. Can I just can I just mention something which I found very interesting about that show? And we talk about this a lot. We had we had Gen Zers in one corner, man. They were watching the show. They were enjoying it. Yeah. We had people in another side of Jimmy Jazz freaking dancing. We had the we had like the guys from Stand Up Against Fear and their friends. They were just jamming to us, man. And it was beautiful to see that our music can convey like different emotions for all these different generations of people. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. Yeah. I just had to say that. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. It was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say that's probably the biggest perk of playing instrumental music. It's yeah. like everybody can be there for different reasons and they can still take something from it. Um, you know, the message is kind of open to your own interpretation. So, yeah. yeah. And we're, we definitely got that vibe from everybody. They, they really knew what what instrumental music was about down there in Guelph. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, and then uh, after uh, a stay in, in a proper hotel, we, we headed to Sudbury. Um, and uh, Sudbury was nice, but it was Canada Day, so it was really slow, uh, um, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of town where uh, when the holidays hit, everybody books it. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a buddy. Remember Jason? We had him on uh, yeah. some time ago. Yeah, so he's from Sudbury, and he was like, after I got back, he was like, "Yeah, probably the worst weekend you could have picked." <laughs> um, but uh, but the venue was fantastic. I absolutely amazing. want to play there again. Um, amazing staff, an amazing like location. The stage amazing is group. wicked. The sound was awesome. Oh, the sound was amazing. Yeah, they um, were also amazing with food, man. They they yep. offered us dinner. They 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 bought like bought us dinner. That's yep. great. Yeah. Yeah, treat your musicians right, you know, a burger and some fries, finger in your butt, we're happy, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great show. Uh, too bad the turnout didn't work out, but um, the, the bartender was really happy, and he was basically like, you know, I like old school venues. This is something for new venues to kind of start understanding. It's like old school venues, they're willing to have a bad night. Uh, for a good band um because like the goal is to build a reputation and i found with a lot of venues in toronto in the last few years it's very much not about reputation uh as much as it is about like how much beer i I can sell tonight Mm -hmm. and there isn't like an understanding of like we're not just there to sell beer we're like supposed to be working with the venue to kind of like make this a place for people to come back to um so yeah, if you're working in any place like that and you see an opportunity to kind of like, you know, give some bands a good night, definitely do them a favor. Yeah, so much uh, of this stuff um, has become making money off of the person under you. Like this person's yeah. gonna play here, I'm gonna make money off. Like 
trying to <clears throat> get money from their merch sales from like that's sad yeah and it kind of it's like it runs against the spirit of music and art in general which is like it's supposed to be about everybody coming together to enjoy this thing you know the revenue is supposed to be a byproduct of good shit and and fun times like i always thought of um going to a music show or going to an art crawl or something like that as like uh it's like a potluck where all these artists are bringing their little meal and we get to each taste but we got to bring something too you know we all gotta we all gotta pitch in um so yeah but uh townhouse they do things right bartender was a great dude he said he was going to talk to people and let them know that uh um he thought we were great it was just uh you know a night with really poor night yeah with uh not the best for now um and then <clears throat> and then we took a week off and we came back to hamilton on the hottest day in the history of days Holy it was like 45 <laughs> degrees on that fucking stage Ugh. um we played really well but like I couldn't imagine anybody coming in and like walking up, even if we could have, we could have been Led Zeppelin and you would show up and be like, it's too hot to listen to Led Zeppelin today. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't do it. Um, by the time. So when I started my, my uh, set, one of the other bands had left a set list at the, like underneath my seat and it just sat there for the entire set. And when I was done, it was like curled up and there was a pool of water inside it. Ooh. from all my sweat oh. and i was like yeah and i only played for like 40 minutes it was intense wow um but i love the doors they just gotta get some ac in that bitch man it's <laughs> good. <laughs> um yeah uh and then we played the palisade Palisade. yeah we played the palisade so that was awesome fuck Palisade is a bowling alley with a stage. Oh, we've had a we have a legendary one of those in Chicago. That's, oh, uh, cool! Fun. Yeah, well, it uh, was this fun. one now it's now it's a bowling alley again. But <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, the stage used to be over the bowling alley. I guess that's what they were telling that's what us. They say, yeah. um, yeah. But they moved it. Uh, I can't imagine what the 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 issues could be with having. Like, can you imagine if you have an electrical issue and the sound guy has to, like, crawl over the bowling alley to, uh, like, fix the yeah, mic? Dude. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> That's got to be tough. So, yeah, they relocated it. But it's a it's a beautiful place. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't even – like, I want to play another show there, but I just want to hang out there. Mm. It's cool. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, they got a little arcade. They got great drinks. Uh, all the serving staff are fantastic. The food was great. Um and uh yeah yeah yep yeah the quality of the uh the the sound equipment and um they had a house drum kit and all sorts of stands and like everything was just like grab what you need uh the townhouse was the same in Sudbury it was fantastic that way yes um and uh yeah and while we were in London we went to this amazing festival called Sunfest oh yeah uh, there's all like um, like music from around the world is kind of the the theme of it, and so you watch. As well. Yep, have those little like uh, little markets. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah, uh, but it was all different 
uh, cultural backgrounds and stuff. We saw like a choir. We saw um, a uh, like an Irish folk band. What's that? We saw a Swedish folk band. Swedish folk. That's what it was. The Swedish folk band. And they were very similar to like they had a a, like Irish sort of Gaelic kind of vibe to them as well. Like a, you know, a hand drum and a fiddle and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And then uh, there was a Brazilian band where the drummer was the lead singer and she played on a drum kit while she sang. She played really complex stuff too. That was, and then she blows my mind when the drummer is the lead singer. Yeah, yeah I've seen that oh, a couple dude. times, and it's like, how the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and the stuff that this girl was playing, it was like, I I don't know if I could play it and not sing. <laughs> and she was doing both. It was crazy. <clears throat> and then she jumped over, and then she had like all sorts of like percussion stuff all around her with the microphone there, and she was singing while she was playing. Yeah, like it was like this little six or seven of it. Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. Um, so yeah, I watched them for a while, and I was like, "Well, we're never going to be that good, but let's go play." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, London was a great show, and uh, we stayed at my mom's place, which oh. was great. Um, and his mom was really welcoming to us. Yeah. Really, really welcoming. Best breakfast of all the hotels. Oh, yeah. Say, did she get you a meal? <laughs> oh, yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, and then we came back and played uh, The Junction. Uh, the Junction Underground. And uh, that was a great show. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hidden, but it's just so roomy. Yeah, yeah. I like it. yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just talking about the venue, the like the vibe of the venue. It's um, it's like just kind of the perfect little kind of lounge place. There's like booths, but there's enough room where if you if you get a good crowd out, we had a lot of people uh, kind of like lining the hallway and that kind of thing. But there was still room for sitting, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It was. Um, and then we played the bovine. Was that two weeks ago? Last week. Was that last week? It was last oh week. Yeah. God, it was last week. Jesus Christ. Are we still on tour, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I That's wish. The um, fun, man. Having what's fun. That? That's the problem with having fun. Like just yeah. flies. Yeah, it sure does. Actually, uh, some guy asked me uh, a while ago, "Would you do it again?" I'm just like. Yes. Tomorrow? Let's go tomorrow. Let's go tomorrow. That's what I keep telling Ben. Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, last week we played a show with a band from Pittsburgh called Love Ethic. And they were amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and, like, I do have a story about Love Ethic. And I want – it's like it's like a story of, like, what it's like to be a musician. So we had just finished our tour. Went pretty smoothly. And it was – pretty low-key tour you know we were traveling but not far and we were staying in our province and um you know we didn't we, we didn't play 20 shows we played six these guys are from pittsburgh and they're playing toronto so they've already gone way further than we did and they've clearly been on the road for a while because like they got they've got their chops and they're you know well organized and that kind of stuff and um they had all sorts of stuff go wrong on stage they had uh the bass guitar literally died and we had to like basically scramble with all the other musicians around to try and find another bass and there was a guy who showed up who we've all we've all seen this guy um 
the the guy who had a little too much to drink and maybe a little too much blow before he showed up and he thinks it's his show and he stands at the front yells and screams and makes noise and like sings his own lyrics to the songs and yada yada and uh if you're on stage that's incredibly disruptive it's so difficult to maintain your focus and you know through all of this stuff the band kept their composure and kicked ass and like even without the bass it was still uh like a fantastic show and then when they got the bass back because they kept the momentum the crowd was like fuck yeah and they were super excited so like yeah it was just a lesson in like you're on stage it's not about you like you got to play the songs um and uh you, you know if if you end up it's that that first show i played without the snare it's like get on there you got you got eight songs make it happen you know Finger um, in your ass, whatever you got going. Yeah, exactly. You get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it's just always good to see bands like bounce back from stuff like that because it's just a reminder of like what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. like we really we bust our ass to make this happen, oh, and yeah. um, it's nice when uh, when it's well received and when people see the like they res- respect and appreciate the effort um yeah so that's about it that's awesome yes yes absolutely uh and uh this tour wouldn't have been what it was without the two supporting acts that we took with us on the road for the entire time uh the howling gales uh mark and marcello or johnny i don't know which one you go by anymore um both of you guys are fantastic musicians and amazing dudes. And uh, they just released a new uh, single on Spotify. Keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. They are like um, like a two-piece kind of blues rock uh, duo. Fantastic. Kind of Black Keys kind of vibe to them. Cool. Um, and uh, love those guys. Always bringing the thunder every time they show up. Um, it's also and, linked in, uh, the, uh, in the comments or whatever. What's that? We'll toss a link on the website and in the comments. Perfect. Um, and then uh, the other band that we were with was called the No Sun uh, was called No Sunshine Collective. And uh, shout out to uh, uh, Steve and Nathan and the drummer whose name escapes Matt. me currently, Matt. Yep. Matt. All three of those dudes are amazing. And Steve in particular, his band couldn't make it to a couple shows, and he got on that fucking stage by himself. Oh, wow. And he rocked out for a full set on his own. Oh, and wow. like, it was good. <laughs> like to do that is one thing, but to do it well is another thing entirely. Yeah. And like, yeah, mad props. That's to awesome. all of those guys. <clears throat> it wouldn't have been a tour without, without those guys on. Most so definitely. yeah. So as you're, when you're touring like that, your, your band is all kind of figuring each other out and everything. But then when you're on a tour also with like two other bands, are you guys all like kind of figuring, is there a lot of interaction with the other bands? Like while you're going from place to place and absolutely. Yeah. Eating Um, uh, breakfast at Ben's mom's and all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so we decided to, to uh, stay in the towns that we visited, but the other bands decided to keep, uh, keep driving back and forth. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. You know, um, so uh, it meant that we really only spent time like at the venues for the most part. 
but you still have to work together. I mean, yeah. you know, we got one drum kit for the three of us and we've got a handful of amps and Steve let me use his amp for the longest yep. time. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So shout out to that. Yeah. Yep. So like we're figuring out what the best gear is for for uh everybody's uh comfort zone and that kind of stuff. So you all have to kind of you know negotiate and work with each other. And um both bands are just the easiest going dudes. Fantastic. They're uh for the Hamilton show. Uh I, I had decided to basically for my drum kit, I was going to take all the, the, uh, the skins off on one side and then stack all my drums together so that I could get them in the car and it just gave us a lot more space. It's just a smarter thing to do. But it meant that I had to like set them up when I got there and then tear them down at the end. And so I bought a bit for my, my drill so that I could just take them off super quick or put them on super quick. And I forgot the drill for one yeah. of the, uh, I forgot it at, at the hotel. <laughs> actually so i had to do it by hand and as soon as marcelo from the howling gale showed up and he saw and i was like gosh oh, i'm like doing this by hand and he was like oh man and he jumped right in and it was just like he was on it and then i was like hey you've done this a bunch of times do you have any pointers for how to tune your drums and then he helped me like this is how i do it and this is you know like and so yeah that kind of teamwork is like that's how it all happens you know awesome. you can't really be islands when you're doing this you all have to kind of work together yeah, huh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's fun stories. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other stories you want to tell? Or can we say the leather suit guy? The leather talk suit about guy. the leather suit guy. We can talk about the leather suit guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we already talked about the doors in Hamilton. Uh, really amazing place. Great tacos. We, I don't think we mentioned how good the tacos yeah, are. Fantastic. We is were at this, we were on this throughout the whole tour. Let me just that? is that the one that needed AC? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're you're starting to put two and two together here, right? So uh, one of the opening bands, one of the opening bands, um, really good guys. Uh, basically goes hand in hand with what Ben said about people that are starting out. But uh, really good guys, really great band. Uh, but lead singer, guitarist, decides to show up in a leather suit. Like, we're talking, like, leather shirt, leather pants. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, sure, 80s, uh, 80s rock is as hell and whatever, and it's looking really good. But obviously, when you're playing in a place with very little AC, you're going to sweat a lot. Yeah. So uh, this guy, uh, by the end of the show, he looked like he was in a wetsuit. Uh, it was intense. Like, his set list it, at, by the end of the show it looked like one of those like paper towel commercials but it's the bad paper towel <laughs> so it was all crumpled up all the ink was coming out it was it was horrible <laughs> so uh shout out to him because uh he he pulled it off really well yeah I, would not do <laughs> I don't know what what he pulled off but he pulled it off really well <laughs> it happened <laughs> yeah um yeah all in all it was a great time and um well, this is my first tour. I think this is all three of us. This is our first tour. Yeah. Yeah. For all four of us. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess, first of all, I can't believe I waited this goddamn long because that was fantastic. Um, and second of all, uh, I just wanted to add a little thing. Like, this was not free. Um, it costs money for us to do this. We're not a big band. We're no one really knows who we are. We're just picking six towns that are within driving distance 
so that we can kind of expand our circle a little bit. And I got to tell you, legitimately, there's no support. Not I'm not blaming people. I'm talking about like the infrastructure, like venues and transportation and that kind of stuff. No one's helping. We got to do this all on our own. Whatever whatever assistance or, or, or support systems were in place back in the day, they ain't here no more. So like if you love music and you want good music in the world, go out to local venues, support bands, buy T-shirts, uh, you know, share on on social media, whatever bands you're into. Don't worry about what people think. Who gives a shit? Like if you love it, tell people about it. That's what we're trying to do, you know, and um, and it won't happen uh, for for most of us. If we don't have the support from from fans and just from music music lovers, you know, so um, please don't don't uh, don't think that no one cares. We a hundred percent care, and uh, every person that shows up is like our best friend. Yeah, <laughs> there we got us. There we got everybody at a new sound show, man. Yeah, exactly. There's room for everybody. To the Gen Zers, to the people dancing, to Yeah. 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 He was, uh, Rui was saying at, uh, at, at the Jimmy Jazz show, we had, so we had, we had these hardcore punk rockers that were like, and like having a mosh pit every once in a while, depending on the speed of the song. We had a couple college girls who were dancing up a storm, like loving what we were throwing down. And then there was one older lady that came up to us after our set with tears in her eyes. And she was saying how beautiful it was. And it's just like, they all heard the same songs. Yeah. And they all had the reaction that they needed, I guess. Um, and, you know, what we're doing isn't, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. Honestly, whatever town you live in, whatever you're doing, um, pick a Friday night, go out, see a local band. Who cares what they're called? You know, um, find, find something that's in the genre you enjoy and, uh, you know, expand your circle a little bit and go up and thank them for their music afterwards and tell them how great they are. Um, you know, get to know them. They're people. I think that really hit for me during COVID. Um, I was seeing bands not being able to do anything. And so I started yeah. buying vinyl from their websites. Like um, that's my vinyl collection blew up during COVID just because I wasn't able to go see these bands, but I wanted to right. support them in some way and also get something cool for myself. So um, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Worth that. Next weekend, I'm going to Merchant Street Music Fest as a festival. We hold the next town over, and they get a bunch of bands in. I don't know who – I don't really know most of the bands, like almost ever. Um, but yeah. it's a cool time, and um, it's not very expensive to go to those kind of shows. And, yeah, you're there supporting a bunch of bands that, you know, sometimes they're awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even bands, when you see them and they're not awesome, could yeah. be one bad night. Yep. Could be that you know uh, they got a new bass player. Uh, we saw that with a couple of bands that we were playing with, where it was like, oh yeah, that guy's only been in the band for two weeks, and we're like, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> you know, bands, like, I've seen bands like uh, open like when they're smaller that like blow, like okay, so I saw OK Go open for They Might Be Giants years ago, right in Chicago, and um, they were awful. I and I'm not still a big OK Go fan, but I don't dislike sure. them. Uh, but like. Yeah, like just it's kind of later. You're just like, wow, they actually made it. That's cool. <laughs> like, so right. you never know. 
Yeah. 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 Whatever, whatever they were doing, they just needed to, to stick going. the landing. Right. Yep. They needed to do yeah. some awesome music videos. That's pretty much what they did, but that's why I keep telling yeah. people when they get into music, man, just start somewhere, start yeah. somewhere, you know, it'll, it'll take you time. You, you, everybody has their own path, but as long as they just keep that path steady, they, they'll always end up. Somewhere. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. That's how we're here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Rui's, Rui's been making music in the capacity is now, you were a percussionist, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a percussionist for years, but he started writing his own music six years ago. Mm. And you you have music on other people's albums, don't you? Yeah, and you have one with uh, Ian Thornley, right? Big Rack? Yes. Yeah, you helped write it. Oh, you though. helped write it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, being humble. He's, he's, yeah, he's humble, but Very you know, humble. uh, it's, yeah, like, I really think that there's a certain amount of, um, luck to what instrument is the one that, uh, you connect with. But, uh, and maybe it's not even an instrument. I guess, you know, for you, it's uh it's uh pencil and ink right um yeah, or, or a camera right yeah sorry i look yeah. at it differently i think musicians go through phases i think we just look for the right tool to put us out there hmm. at the time you know i wanted to learn drums when i started right i didn't want to learn to play guitar uh to this day i play a bunch of different string instruments i play mandolin and a portuguese folk flute. right sometimes they're just tools of the trade that just help you put yourself out there yeah and it was the opposite for me i had a guitar when i was a kid and uh i found it yeah yeah i had an acoustic guitar when i was eight years old nine years old and um it was it was an adult-sized guitar that i was given um as a nine-year-old <laughs> And my dad is not very good at the parenting. So he was like, here's a guitar. He's like, here's a list of chords. Learn the chords. Just play them until your fingers hurt. And I was like, this doesn't sound fun at all. Um, so I tried for a while. And I was like, and he was like, how's it going? I was like, my fingers hurt. He's like, yeah, that'll happen for a while. And I was like, deal with the pain. Music fucking sucks, dude. Um, so like, when it starts to hurt, Volterra. Exactly. So... So I stopped playing guitar and uh, and I got into drums almost just like out of spite. Um, but uh, it's definitely my calling, you know, and I would say guitar is your calling for sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I actually play a bunch of string instruments. There's one song where we're uh, playing. I play Portuguese guitar in, mm -hmm. you know, so that's why yeah. I keep on arguing. It's tools of the trade on getting yourself out there. Sure. Yeah, most definitely. Fair. But I do appreciate the compliment. It really it really is my favorite instrument out of all. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming out today, guys. I mean, Ben's, no Ben's always going to be here anyway. So. <laughs> but thank you guys for joining. It was great to meet you, Rui, and it was great to see you again. Um, yeah. Wow. That was yeah. some wild stories. Well, that was that was an hour's uh, content. So uh, <laughs> let's hope the YouTube gods approve. Uh, I believe we said a couple words that may be flagged. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's punk rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cares?
um but yeah uh we're gonna be back on the row we're gonna be back on stage at the monarch right handlebar handlebar august 13th august 13th so ralph you got anything going on with the the midsummers did i see something yeah we're playing the monarch august 17th that's what it was okay yeah we're doing this uh, series of shows called mm -hmm. summer with the midsummers we're going to be doing something different where uh, we're inviting a bunch of uh, local indie folk bands, people we have played with, not played with, people we've been dying to play with. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, anybody that's really interested in that kind of style of music, yeah, please come out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice summer night and a lot of surprises for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for being here again. No man. <laughs> and uh I guess I'll catch you guys later. I'm sure we'll get yep. you guys all back on at some point. And Ben, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. We got yes, you will. Um, we got Chris from Show Off coming on in a couple of weeks. So awesome! And cool. Cue the closing. Boom. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. Fuck's